September 19th, 2023. We're in Maseche Betzah, Kafdale Damudal. If you count from the lines on the bottom up, it's eight lines up at the Mishnah. The Mishnah will talk about um, what we call Safek Muchan, a circumstance, a situation where you're uncertain whether the object, specifically the animal that you're dealing with, is considered mukse or not. In other words, was it prepared before Yom Tov for consumption or was it trapped before Yom Tov more specifically or not? And the specifics that we'll see right now, says the Mishnah, mitsudot hayaveot vidagim, if a person laid out, if they set up traps or nets in order to catch, whether an animal, a bird, or a fish, she'asa'an me'erev Yom Tov. A person set them up from before Yom Tov. Well, that's appropriate. But the question, of course, will be whether the animals, the fish, the birds that are caught within it were actually done before Yom Tov or on Yom Tov. Again, you're uncertain because you just left out the trap. Your hope is that the bird, the animal, the fish will make their way into it, be caught and trapped, but your knowledge is deficient. You don't know if that took place before the holiday, in which case... This won't be considered mukzed or bimuchan, or alternatively, if it took place on the holiday. What would you do in such a circumstance? It's again a safik, an uncertain situation of whether the item, the animal, the uh, living object, that uh, entity that you're dealing with is mukzed or not. Lo yitol mehen biyom tov, says the Mishnah, safik, muchan, if you're uncertain whether it's mukzed or not, don't deal with it. The Gemara will discuss what does it mean, lo yitol, just for eating or otherwise. You don't know whether it was caught before Yom Tov or on Yom Tov. It's not in your mind. It's in your mind. Anything that gets caught, I'm going to use on Yom Tov. But I don't know if it was caught. What's the difference? Ultimately speaking, the question is, was this in your possession or not? Was anything? Unless you know, if you have knowledge, that these uh, living items and organisms were caught before Yom Tov, and then it's permitted. And that's the halakha. Now keep in mind, that's quite a novel halakha. The whole concept, the whole entity known as mukzeh, the necessity of something being mukhan, is only rabbinic in nature. It's midrabbanan. And as such, we learned earlier in our Masechet on Daf Dalid, or in Daf Gimal, that the general principle is that a safek de Rabbanan is lekula. When you have a safek on a rabbinic matter as opposed to a biblical matter, we're lenient. And nonetheless, the statement in our Mishnah, and in turn the Halakha, as the Gemara will tell us, is by safek mukseh, safek mukhan, we go lechumra. There's a debate, there's a discussion why you would do so. That's the main opinion here in the Mishnah. There is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva Eger, who also brings us back to the beginning of the Masechet. And you might recall we talked about a concept known as davar sheyesh lo matirin, the idea basically being if an item, if a something, will become permitted later on, even though it's forbidden now, the halakha in such a circumstances, it has no heter. For, the, for example, if it was then mixed into a larger mixture, even though in general we have a concept known as bitul, you can annul it, when it's davashi eshlo matiri, and according to Rashi's interpretation, we said ran, masechet nidarim explains it differently, but let's explain it like Rashi and our masechet, the idea being, the rabbis say to you, instead of eating it as part of this mixture, just wait a day, just wait a couple hours, wait until it's permitted. Davar shi'esh lo matirin, an item which will become permitted 
is more severe. Effectively, according to Rashi, the rabbis say to you, why so impatient? Just wait a little bit and then it'll be permitted. It might be in turn the explanation to our Mishnah. After all, Mukzeh, by definition, is By definition, just wait until after the holiday and this item, this animal, will be permitted for, to you. Therefore, b'makom safik, even though it's only drabanan, even though it's only rabbinic in nature, since it's davar sheyesh lo matirin, argues Rabbi Akiva Eger, that's why we're mahmir in this circumstance. It's quite the novelty. He sets this forth over here. He talked about it earlier in the Masechet. It's something to keep in mind. Keep, we, we generally think about such a concept when it comes to Pesach, of course. Pesach, we talk about hametz, and we talk about how it can't be annulled. If there's even a little bit, it will be problematic. That's a davar sheyesh lo matirin, according to Haram because we're dealing with in such a circumstance, davar sheyesh lo matirin, and it's a safek, safek mukseh, simchat yom tov is not trumping it. It's quite, it's, it's quite amazing, right? As the Mishnah says, sets it forth. We only talk, yes. In other words, what, what I, not only wild animals, it's animals that were not in the Bebab, right? They weren't in the secluded area, absolutely. If they were, as Jeffrey points out, we'd learned this in the last Mishnah, if they were already in the pond, or not the pond, because fish were problematic, if they were already in the Bebab, in the secluded area, we consider them as if they were already trapped, and as a result, this whole issue doesn't begin. That's what Mara said, Baruch Hashem. Uh, I, as we said, Mara, we don't need a class if we have Mara here. So, so, so you're a good person. Says the Mishnah again, Mesudat haya ve'ofed dagim she'asa'an me'erev yom tov, lo yitol mehen be'yom tov, elem ken yad yodea she'nisodu me'erev yom tov, u'ma'aseh, and then the Mishnah continues and says, and it happened, b'nochri echad, there was a non-Jew she'hevid dagim le'rabban Gamliel. He brought fish, which were uncertain whether they were trapped on yom tov, or before Yom Tov, in front of Rabban Gamliel. Now, if you're following the trajectory of the Mishnah, we're expecting whatever the Pesach Halakha that's going to emerge to be consistent with what we learned earlier. We just learned that Safek Muchan is Asur. And it was a situation of Safek Muchan where the fish were brought to Rabban Gamliel. What did he say? Ve'amar mutarinen. He said they were permitted. Of course, the first question of the Gemara is, something was lost in transition over here. You had to tell me first that Rabban Gamliel disagrees. That's strange. He went from, it's prohibited, there's a restriction from the rabbis. Oh, but Rabban Gamliel in the story said it was permitted. Well, did, did you want to tell me Rabban Gamliel disagrees? But the continued words of Rabban Gamliel were, but I'm not interested in accepting that fish from the non-Jew. Why not? Says Rashi, for whatever reason, there was animosity. So Rabban Gamliel articulated, he spoke out that this is technically speaking permitted. I'm just not interested in accepting it from that man. That man and I don't have a good relationship. It's inappropriate for me to be accepting this from him. Doesn't say so. Doesn't say so. Doesn't say so. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would never hate a Jew, but ultimately speaking, it doesn't mean every Nochri he wouldn't accept it from. You didn't know if this was caught before or during. That's the case. According to Rabban Gamliel, it's permitted. And that's why the Gemara says something was lost over here. We went from saying unequivocally it's Asur to, and the story was that Abban Gamliel said it's technically speaking mutar. Didn't you want me, him to tell me that before you told me the story? In other words, if I'm teaching you a halakha and I say, listen, on Shabbat this is Asur. The story once happened, I was with Hacham Vadya Yosef and he said it was mutar. Well, what are you talking about? You didn't, you didn't follow through. You should have said it's Asur, but Hacham Vadya Yosef says mutar. That's why the Gemara starts with these words, ma'ase listor, question mark. Did you tell me a story 
to tear down, listor means to tear down or to contradict. That which you mentioned earlier, you told me, Safek Muchan is Azur. Then you told me a story, with Rabban Gamliel, where it was taken for granted that it's permitted, and he only doesn't want to eat from it because he's Sone of the Nochri, answers the Gemara, Hasure Mehsera Vehache Katane. Hasure Mehsera, Haser means absent. There are words absent from our Mishnah, and this is as we taught it. This is how it should be read and taught. And as I've mentioned more than once, is there's a, a famous commentary to the Mishnayot, Tiferet Israel, and in it, in one place, he suggests, whenever the Gemara, or often when the Gemara suggests these sorts of words, the Mishnah's missing words, we get a little disturbed. So then why weren't the words in the Mishnah? The rabbis just forgot to put in these words. So many words were lost over time. His suggestion is that Mishnayot were supposed to be and were recited by heart. And it was a certain chant with a beat and a rhythm. And therefore, words were sometimes taken out so that the beat and rhythm was easier to remember and to recite. It's for that reason the Gemara from time to time without a problem doesn't get embarrassed about it. There's nothing wrong that it's missing a few words. The same way a song might be missing a few words. The same way a recitation might be missing a few words just so that we memorize it well. So the Gemara says, listen, it's missing words. This wasn't a mistake. It's not something that was per se lost over time. It was purposefully constructed and written like that. Anyway, says the Gemara Vahe Katane Safek Muhan Asur. The first opinion, effectively, is setting forth the, opinion, the, the direction, telling us, Safek Muchan, those are the words I've been using with you until now. Safek, uncertain, if we have a doubt about Muchan, whether something is prepared or if it's Mukseh, it's Asur, ve Rabban Gamliel Matir, period. Now continues the Mishnah, after stating clearly in my class, remember, it's Asur on Shabbat, but Hacham Ovadiah says permitted, and now I tell you the story about Chacham Vadeh I was just missing those words. And indeed, there was a story as well. Nameh means as well. There was that Nanju who brought the fish to Rabban Gamliel. Period. So we now cleaned up the Mishnah. At the very least, we can read the Mishnah uh, straight and we can understand it for what it taught us. Says the Gemara, Amara of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. And halakha kerabban gamliel, period. So the initial statement here in the Gemara is the halakha doesn't follow Rabban Gamliel, who was the permitting lenient opinion on Safek Muchan, but rather it goes like Hachamim, that Safek Muchan, if you're uncertain whether those animals, fish, or birds were trapped before Yom Tov or not, Asur. Why does the Gemara need a statement? We'll see in a moment we have a different understanding of when this was said. But on our Mishnah, why do you need such a statement? We have a principle, Yahid Virabim. If you have a single opinion versus a majority opinion, Halakha Karabim. You don't need Shimuel to tell, ah, Halakha like Hachamim against Rabban Gamliel. Why would you have thought otherwise? Rashash, one of the commentators in the back of the Gemara, who lived some less than 200 years ago, he suggests that oftentimes we have a principle in Mishnah and Gemara, Ma'ase Rav, when they tell a story that someone ruled within, in other words, it happened and he instructed a people like such, when that sort of story is told in the Gemara, it has a certain authority, it has a certain strength, because we're not just speaking in theory, we're telling you a story when this took place. You may have made that mistake in our Mishnah to say, Ma'ase with Rabban Gamliel, if he acted as such, if he was authoritative, in the moment, in Ma'aseh Rav, in a, in a circumstance where this took place, maybe the Halakha follows him, maybe that's why the Mishnah didn't just mention and Rabban Gamliel disagrees, it rather told you a story to tell you the Halakha's like him, 
That's why Shemuel comes and dispels such a notion immediately. Halacha is not like Rabban Gamliel. Safek Muhan is Asur, and we suggest it based on the Biakiva Eger. Again, the reasoning, even though it's Mukzeh, which is rabbinic, it might be Asur because it's Davashi Yeshlam Matirim. That that is correct, um, but ultimately speaking, it's mukse. Now, why should it wasn't mukhan. It wasn't prepared and trapped before Yom Tov. That in and of itself is a problem. So the goy could make something. So, so for example, it was mukse even though the goy caught it. We talk about this sort of thing, although it's a longer conversation. We did a full class on a Shabbat during the summer, a delivery on Shabbat. So the Goy did the Melacha. Now, leave Melacha aside for a moment, because Melacha is also a problem. The Gemara will address the Melacha that he did and you're benefiting from. A separate issue. Right? In other words, Rabban Gamliel saying this is permitted, but wasn't a Melacha done that you're benefiting from? There's a problem in and of itself with that, right? Leave that aside for a moment. But this item over here was not, quote, in existence, at least in its current state, entering Yom Tov. Who cares that he did it? But it's not Shabbat. It's a weekday. So even if he caught it on Shabbat, provided that there was, it's not Shabbat right now, oh, there's no mukseh. Mukseh means I'm on Shabbat and this item wasn't prepared for this Shabbat. Prepared means it was in existence in its current state. Over here, that's not the case. So who cares if the goy caught it or the trap caught it on its own, right? Even better. Even if the trap caught it on, on its own, says say the hachamim, it's still going to be asur if it happened on Shabbat or on Yom Tov because it was mukseh. Entering in, ben Hashem Ashot, it wasn't in, in your possession, so to speak. That's what the Gemara says. Okay, so again, Amar of Yehuda, Amar three lines from the bottom, en halacha kerabam gamliel, vi'ika, it means, and there are, v'yesh, dematnela, who taught that line, who learned that line, that en halakha karaban gamliel, aha, on the following. Now, effectively, it amounts to the same thing, what we're about to read, but instead of it being hachamim versus rabban gamliel, it's going to have a name, rabbi hoshua versus rabban gamliel. You might in turn understand why it was very necessary then to say halakha is not like rabban gamliel. Because now we have single against single, Rabbi Yoshua versus Rabban Gamliel. There's no Yahid Rabbim any longer, but it's in the scheme of things, the same halakha, the same mahloket, ahad de tanya on the following beraita, safek mukhan, in a situation where it's a doubt, uncertain whether this was mukhan or not. Is it mukseh or is it not mukseh? Was it caught before the holiday or did it happen on the holiday? Rabban Gamliel matir Rabbi Yoshua oser. Over here we have names to the permitting opinion. It's not a majority opinion. This time it's a lot more necessary, as I said, to specify who do we follow. Amar of Yodam HaShemuel Halakha Kirbi Hoshua. His statement in turn is, follow that opinion, Rabbi Hoshua, over Rabban Gamliel. Vi'ika, but there's yet another version as to when this sort of statement in this context of Safek Mukhan took place. Either it's on our Mishnah, or it's on that Beraita, which amounted to the same thing. Vi'ika de Matnela Aha. Ditanya. Right, the Gemara will do this from time to time. And there are those, now again, understand what was taking place over here. There were statements floating in the eyes, minds, and words of the rabbis. We know that Shemuel said something about Safek Muchan. 
In what context? I'm not 100% sure. So Eli says, I heard he said it on the Mishnah in Halakha Karaban Gamliel. Mahars comes in and says, no, I heard he said it on that Beraita. That's what's taking place over here. We have a statement from Shemuel where we know he's stringent on Safek Mukhan. We're not 100% sure within con- which context. Torah Shabbat was never written down. It was a tradition. I remember the rabbi said something in a speech in a class about this. What context? Was it on that book? Was it on this book? Was it in the... So that's, that's what's taking place. That's what's playing out. You'll see this often in the Gemara. Torah Shabbat Peh at its best. We know a statement. We're not 100% sure the coordinates we're trying to locate. And there are those who alternatively have it on the following Mishnah. Excuse me, Beraita. Shohatin min hanagarin biyom tob. So the statement over here is you're allowed to be shohet, you're allowed to slaughter an animal which was caught in a nagarin. Nagarin, Rashi defines for us as a bebar. It's the secluded area. It's the one we've been talking about in the last Mishnah. Why is it permitted to take the animal and slaughter it over there? As we learned in the last Gemara, the last Mishnah, it's kenitzod already. It's, it's already as if it's trapped. It's in that closed off area. There's no problem with trapping and there's no problem with anything. It was there already. Why does it have a different name? Not a bebar over here, nagarin. Rashi suggests that the word nagarin is a reference to the irrigation system, the brooks, that, the ditches that you used to build within it, a ditch, which is irrigation, I think, I don't know, uh, that was built within it, that was the name, so it had a different name, they didn't know it as a bebar, they knew it as the ditch area or the irrigation area. Okay, regardless, so you're allowed to be shohet, you're allowed to slaughter the animal on Yom Tov if you found it in that area, that much we understand, it was already hunted, it was already caught before Yom Tov, it was already caught and you're not doing anything, aval, However, you're not allowed to take a trap, you're not allowed to take a net, take the animal from there and slaughter that. Uh, why not? Well, in such a circumstance, either it was trapped on Yom Tov, or it's safek trapped on Yom Tov. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, let's be very specific. You found the animal in the trap, you found it in the net, Let's define how and what was the specific details to determine whether that animal is permitted or not. Here's what he says. What if, and these traps used to be very long and these, these nets used to extend for a long area, and so you had, let's say, one edge close to your home, and you come and it's Eid of Yom Tov, the Eve of Yom Tov, you don't have time to go all the way out and see what happened, but you see that the area that's closest to you is Mikul Kal, it's already entangled. The fact that it's already entangled, the fact that it already got a little messed up, is clear that something's caught in it on the other side. On the eve of Yom Tov, you see on your edge, you don't see the animal, but you see a sign that for all intents and purposes is a strong indicator that there's an animal caught in it. You know and you can know with full certainty, says Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, that the animal was already trapped from Erev Yom Tov. Why else is it tangled? And as a result, that animal, even though on Yom Tov, for the first time you see it within the trap inside of the net, it's permitted, you can and should assume based on what you saw that it was trapped already. What about if on the Eid of Yom Tov you didn't see that it was tangled up, you didn't see that it was messed up, you see that only on Yom Tov. In such a circumstance you can be certain that it was only trapped on Yom Tov and as a result is Asur. 
Well, I'll give it a second. Give it a second. If you check the net, give it one second. Let's just, again, analyze these two lines because the Gemara does. So the Gemara says, let's, let's focus on each of these two lines, uh, one after the other. The first line is, if you found it entangled before Yom Tov, right, then it's permitted. What if you didn't find it tangled before Yom Tov? It means that it's a safik. I'm uncertain whether the animal was trapped. If I see it tangled, I know the animal is trapped before Yom Tov. If I don't see it tangled, then I'm not certain. It may have been trapped before Yom Tov. It may have not, you know, tangled at all. Maybe it didn't put up a fight. Safik, according to that first statement, is asur. The only time it's permitted to take from the animal on Yom Tov is if you're certain before Yom Tov it was trapped. The second statement, alternatively, says the only time it's forbidden is if you find it tangled on Yom Tov exclusively, uh, means that a safik situation uh, might be permitted. Says the Gemara that we have a, 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 an unclear consequence, an unclear punchline with regards to Bishimon ben Elazar's opinion. Hagufa kashya. This internally gufa itself is contradictory. Amarta. On the one hand, you told me ba umetsa'an mekulkalin me'ariv yom tov biadosh me'ariv yom tov nisodu ta'amad ba umetsa'an mekulkalin hasefeka asurin. Now, the first statement, as we just articulated, tells you only in a vaday situation would you say it's a mut, uh, mutar. Otherwise. What about the final words? So the Gemara, and for our purposes, we'll leave this with a question right now. The Gemara questions internally what's happening with the Bishimon ben Elazar. What is his position on, again, Safek Muhan? Why is the Gemara mentioning it in our context? It's very relevant, but also we're going to bring back the statement of Shimuel, of Halakha, following one way in this context as we go forward in this we'll continue with this tomorrow